Uh, welcome everyone to another episode to the Cosmic Matrix podcast today with your host Bernhard Gunther and my very special guest today is Matthew Stephen communicating from directly from Melbourne, Australia or a little bit outside Melbourne from one another belly of the beast in this day and age. Uh, and uh, Matthew has been on the journey for quite a few years as well. He's a fellow spiritual warrior and truth seeker and has gone through his own tribulations and struggling. And he actually released a book earlier this year. He published a book just in the right timing in March. It's called Free Range Humans, Exposing the Matrix Control System and Awakening the True Self, a man of my liking. Welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Thanks for having me, Bernard. I've, I've been listening to pretty much every show since your first episode and have absolutely loved the content you and Laura have put out and, and you've had some, in, the quality of guests has been incredible. So it's a, it's a real honor to be on. Beautiful. Thank you, Matthew. And also, we just uh, to let the audience know, we've known each other for quite some years. You were actually also part of uh, the Time of Transition retreat four years ago, the second one I hosted with my brother Fred down in Peru in the high jungle. And back then, you know, you were going through your own process. Uh, you were there with your girlfriend back then, now wife. And uh, you started already that writing process of the of that book back, back then. And, you know, in conjunction with your own process. So we can get deep into that book in a bit as well. But just for the listeners, tell us a little bit about your journey, you know, because it's always interesting um, how you came about to the work you're doing now and the, your journey of the past few years. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I was born and raised in Melbourne. Um, I grew up in an area called the Yarra Valley which is a beautiful area of Melbourne. It's about 50 minutes away from the city and I'm, I'm still, I'm living, I'm back living there now. Um, so throughout my late teens and twenties, I, I played professional sport here in Melbourne um, in a sport known as the Australian Football League. Australians will be very familiar with it, but it's um, a pretty, a very little known sport outside of Australia. Um, and that was an incredible journey for me. I learned, learned so many lessons from that. Um, it was it was a childhood dream to play that. And I sort of thought all my desires and dreams and everything I wanted would, would come true if I made it. And um, I did end up sort of achieving a reasonable amount of, of success in that. Um, but the side effect of that was um, I, I really didn't have the tools to cope with the stress that came along with such an intense pressure cooker environment. Um, the media scrutiny <clears throat> that came with that, um, just pushing your mind—sorry, <coughs> pushing your mind and body for uh, so hard—and I really didn't have that balance, as well as sort of being in a, a, a very sort of overly masculine environment. Mm. Um, and so the, the side effect with that was that to sort of cope, I, I started to uh, re become reliant on sleeping pills, in particular Ambien, and that. Um, that led into basically a 10-year addiction. It took me a long time to beat that. Um, and the other side effects were sort of, you know, just um, just partying, binge drinking, um, you know, recreational drugs and things like that just to sort of cope with the stress of it all. And it got to the point where um, after a pretty pretty sort of messy breakup with, a, with an ex-girlfriend in 2011, um, I sort of hit rock bottom and, and that's when I started really questioning about the way I was going about my life because here I was, I'd achieved so many things that I desired, yet I was unhappy, I was in a broken relationship, I had these addictions, I was seeking these quick fixes to sort of fulfill myself 
And, um, you know, I'd, I'd always been more of a spiritually minded person. I'd always sort of thought differently than people around me growing up and asked deeper questions and, and just looked at the world a bit differently. <clears throat> but I'd really suppressed that for a long time to sort of fit in with this environment around me. Um, and it was about that point around 2011 where I started to really just um, question the way I was going about things. It was It was the pain I was going through was enough to sort of shock me a little bit, shock me awake and, and just sort of reflect back on how I was sort of approaching my life and, um, and also just start asking deeper questions about the world I was in. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why is there so much suffering around me? Those sort of things. And, um, you know, it was, it was about that point, you know, it's always sort of the way those synchronicities work where a David Icke book fell into my lap um, and I know Ike is a polarizing figure and, you know, I've, I've even got some issues with his work myself, but that book couldn't have come at a more perfect timing. It's just exactly what I needed to read at that point of time. It was called um, Remember Who You Are. Mm. And um, it was just like a splash of cold water on my face. Like it just really hit me so hard. It was the perfect timing. And that really started my journey of awakening. And um, it was from that point around late 2011, 2012, a sort of point, as you know, where a lot of people started waking up, um, where I just, you know, really started to make a decision just to, um, just to really explore those deeper sides of myself, really try and, um, really try and transform myself and and live my life based on higher morals and, and sort of with a deeper meaning. And it took um, the the sleeping pill addiction, however, kept lingering. I found that really, really hard to break. And that was one of the things that spurred me on to uh, your retreat because I, I met my wife, uh, Steph, who coincidentally at the time had the exact same addiction. And, um, and she'd battled with an eating disorder in the past as well. And so we both thought, all right, when, when I came across your retreat, um, I saw it pop, a friend sort of tagged me in a post on Facebook and just every, everything about it just, just was um, what was exactly what I was craving at that point. So um, yeah, we bit the bullet, booked flights. I booked flights over to Peru without even telling her. Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it was, um, that, that was an incredible, your, your retreat in particular was what sort of sent me from that exploring my spiritual side, personal development to sort of going more on the esoteric path. Um, and we can probably talk a little bit about, you know, the, that sort of what the esoteric path is. And, and that sort of really helped deepen my journey. Um, and yeah, it's been, been an incredible journey ever since. Yeah, beautiful. And also congratulations, you just uh, became a father. Right. Yeah, thank you very much. So yeah, I had a, that, a little boy arrive in our lives three months ago. So yeah, absolutely incredible feeling. Awesome. So yeah, I think before we dive deeper into more of the esoteric fringe and occult and all of that, and uh, you know, because it's, as we know, uh, reality is multi-leveled and it's always like, I, I'm, I'm sure you know, and you applied in yourself, the work is holistic. We need to approach it from an integral perspective on all levels. We are multidimensional dimensional beings, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual. And that's how we need to view the world as well. Different aspects of reality. We cannot exclude something. We cannot probably all maybe took the new age pill at some point or tried to spiritual bypass our processes, but it always comes back around, right? So let's just look right now because that's uh, the times we're in right now, what's going down in Melbourne, Victoria, because <clears throat> I have to share something. I was actually... Uh, 
perform the first routine in 2016, I was invited to go to Australia to speak at this festival. I think you wanted to go there, right? Matreya Festival. Yeah, that's correct. That was the first time I came across your work. And I, I, my wife and I had both booked tickets to that festival specifically to come see your talk, actually. Yeah. That was, I mean, there was, there was a festival and Max Egan was booked there as yep. well. And, you know, they paid with the flight, everything to speak there. And I flew there and all of a sudden it got shut down right there. I mean, the, um, I don't know if the laws, they didn't have no permit. The, the, the police came with helicopters. It completely got shut down. And it was a mess, basically. I still gave a talk, like a rogue talk to like people who stayed there to 30 or 40 people just uh, on the camping ground. Um, but, you know, I love the Australians. I made great friends there. I hung out, uh, you know, with, with friends in Sydney. I visited Max Egan and, and, you know, down in Gold Coast. And it was beautiful. I found the Australians very grounded, very real. Like, uh, you know, you guys are, uh, you know, you know where you're at in that sense, can be different to Americans sometimes, but I loved it also the the climate and everything. So I always thought, fuck, when shit goes down, I'm just gonna move to Australia <laughs> or even New Zealand. And now it's like, what the fuck? It's topsy turvy. I mean, the shit's yeah. going down in here as well. And I mean, I left California a while already, uh, but it's even more severe now in Melbourne. The the draconian Orwellian laws and all of that, and especially in Victoria regarding the lockdown, regarding this COVID. And, and who is the dictator in, in charge right now? What's his name again? Dan Andrews? Uh, Dan Andrews, yeah. Dan Andrews, I guess. So, so give me your insight, like what, what's been uh, happening over the past few months in Melbourne, Victoria, regarding the lockdown? Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's been interesting watching people's reactions around the world to this situation we're in because um, the numbers really don't justify it. Like we've had... Um, Funnily enough, he came out yesterday and announced that we've um, had 666 deaths all up in Victoria since the- 666. The <laughs> yeah, so he came out with the devil's number. I thought that was very, uh, very interesting. Um, and a lot of, you know, there's like in many places, there's a lot of controversy around those deaths, um, you know, issues around nursing homes, uh, people being listed as, as COVID deaths when they've most likely died of, you know, another comorbidity and things like that. Um, yet we've got one of the most uh, severe lockdowns and in the world. And he, and he came out yesterday um, and basically has said that the only way we're going to come out of these lockdowns if cases are below five new cases a day, not, not deaths, but new cases. Wow. Um, and that, that has to be for 14 days straight. So pretty much, pretty much based on um, how things have been going, he... Um, He's the only one who has been using these Chinese testing kits. So the rest of Australia has been using these home homemade testing kits, um, and Dan Andrews has been using these ones made in in Beijing. And there, a lot of researchers are revealing that these Beijing testing kits have a much much higher level of um, false positives. So basically, all people need to do is go out and get tested, um, and we're going to be staying above those five new cases. Wow. So. It's a really crazy situation we're in, and um, I, I would say the best way to describe the general public is is a state of shock, because here in Australia we we really haven't had any experience like this before. Um, as you said, the Australian culture it's it's a really beautiful culture. People are very laid back. People are very friendly, um, but we're not very politically minded. Like politics is not discussed here. People don't get involved. It's not passionate. The mm -hmm. presidential, uh, well, they're not called presidential races here, but 
it is so different to America. It's like we're in another world. Um, there's no campaigning. There's no tours. There's no debates. There's no people getting involved. There's no flags. There's no banners. It's just like, yeah, who are you going to vote for, mate? <laughs> That's it. Like round yeah. the barbecue. Who, who do you yeah. reckon you vote for? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a big uh, it's, well. It's a big show here as well, for the most part. You know, it's the other extreme. It's like all like yeah. appearances. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that's interesting. Like let's talk about that uh in general because I was really surprised even on Facebook, Melbourne get the you know, speak up what's what the hell is going on. Especially so I seen the protests what happened recently in Berlin a couple of times, literally millions of people. Of course the Mockingbird mainstream media, you know, denounces that just right wing Nazi uh, anti vaxxers or whatever, but there's generally genuinely concerned citizens speaking up and like seeing through the lies. Right. We also saw even in the US, the CDC came out with the the six percent number that six percent mm-hmm. uh, of the cases were actually not COVID related. Right. Uh, so it's a difference between dying from COVID or with COVID. Right. So that's the huge difference. And you know the the tests are useless in themselves uh, because they don't really cannot isolate the virus. We have you know there's a lot of research around that as well. So it's so easy to manipulate the number for their agenda. Even with what he said, the five deaths, you know, mm-hmm. or five cases in mm-hmm. 14 days, this is, can be easily manipulated for mm-hmm. to in his uh, regard. But you know, talking about what's up with the you know you mentioned the Australians with and their political history, or also what. But I heard what they call the nanny state. What is the nanny state in Australia? What does it even mean? Yeah, well, the nanny state is just referring to how much um, control and authority uh, the state has in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And people here are generally very accustomed to it where the the state, the, the amount of rules and regulations and permits you need just to do anything here is, um, is, is, is pretty crazy. And often when an Australian travels over to Europe and, and, and experiences a sort of uh, a bit more of a relaxed state and people having more autonomy and more freedom, we, we sort of can reflect back on how it is here and be like, whoa, this is, this is actually crazy. And, um, you know, I really, I think it's because um, we were speaking about it before the show, you know, Australia was sort of, um, we haven't really had that kind of like revolution in our history that, for example, you guys had over in America or like the Declaration of Independence and that patriotic spirit that um, is, is sort of taught to people when they're grown up. Uh, I know it's probably tr- with the Marxist um, infiltration of, of America, they're trying to wean that history out. Um, but it's still, I think it's still there in people's hearts. And whereas we really haven't had anything like that here in Australia, um, we sort of haven't, um, so, so I think when the, with the state having so much control, it's, it's very normalized here. Um, probably the one sort of thing close to a revolution we had here, I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of the, the Bush Ranger, Ned Kelly. Um, he, he's sort of a, an iconic Australian figure in the late 1800s sort of rebelled against the state and rebelled against the, um, the police and stuff like that, but he, he lost. So he's depicted in our history books as being kind of like the villain um, and he ended up getting hanged. So we're, we're, we're raised thinking that as children, we're, we're pummeled with our minds thinking if, if you rebel, this is what happens to you. It, mm. it doesn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what it's allowed to happen is that um, when we're, you know, we're colonized here, 
Um, there was no revolution. There was no breakaway from the, the British crown. And so they've really been able to um, engineer an environment here from the very beginning exactly how they want it. And with very little resistance and we were disarmed back in 1996. Um, so we don't have that right to bear arms or you, you can get a rifle, but the, it's very, it can only be for hunting and it's very, very difficult to get one. Um, and so right now, as I was saying before, um, despite all this, we have had, you know, despite the nanny state, uh, we have had a very peaceful country and things have, in general, we've had a good economy and, and things have been, been good for people. And that's why right now I would say the general state of Victoria, in, it would, the best way to describe it would be a state of shock because mm -hmm. most people who aren't awake didn't see this coming. They've never, they've, communism is something that happens in a faraway land. It never happens here in mm -hmm. Australia. Um, and so most believe what's going on here is generally about our health. Um, and so it was very, very beginning. I've been quite outspoken from similar to yourself. Like when you've been researching how this global cabal, global cult works and how they work through engineering societies, through false flags and, and all these things. And they've, they've used, they've attempted pandemics in the past. So people who have been researching this could see from the very beginning, this is, this is another, this is another part of the agenda. This is another yeah. um, way for them to justify transforming society but um, so I've been very outspoken about this from the, from the beginning and it's very, very difficult. It's been very difficult to um, sort of get people to see that because the, the fear and terror job here, like it has been around the world, has been, they've done a very good job of it. They, get, they got people, they've absolutely terrorized people through the media, through the stories, through, um, you know, every, every, every method possible. And so general, I would say the whole last six months or since this began, people here have been in a state of shock. And, um, and as you know, when we're in shock, when we're in fear, it activates that reptilian brain. Um, it's, it, it shuts down people's ability to think critically and actually see what's going on. And, um, and when they're in that fear, they kind of like, they, they nearly like it that someone's imposing these draconian measures because they think it's keeping them safe. Mm -hmm. But what I, would, what I truly believe now is that I think the shock is starting to wear off and I think more and more people are starting to come back to a sense of lucidity, um, particularly because the COVID narrative um, more and more around the world, including here, is breaking down. People are seeing that the death rate isn't high, that um, that the number, especially the numbers here, like like they projected tens of thousands of deaths at the beginning, and we've had um, you know we've had six hundred and fifty in Victoria alone. If, if that um, number is correct to begin with, right? What was that? Sorry, if that number six hundred fifty is is real oh, to begin with, right? <laughs> exactly. That that's with that's with their fudged statistics, hundred yeah. percent. So, um, more and more people, and that's been the beauty of social media, where people, you know, people starting to speak out, um, and uh, more and more actual legitimate evidence and and truth is starting to filter its way up through all the propaganda and mm -hmm. it takes time and it, and people need to be ready for it. They need to get themselves out of that state of shock first. And I, I do think that's what's happening here more and more. I'm seeing um, more and more people speaking out about it, more and more of the silent majority around me who, who really don't normally talk about politics, don't normally get involved in these things are starting to go away. This is, this is serious. Like, um, because what, the reality of the situation is hitting people in that, you know, 
everyone's starting to know someone whose business was destroyed, who has a relative who's got depression or, or extreme anxiety or, or loneliness. Or, um, you know, I, my sister has a friend whose grandmother um, committed suicide the other day and, and they, mm. they believe it was from loneliness in the lockdown because the elderly, the, the fear and terror job on the elderly has been extreme. Yeah. So most of them have been so isolated because um, no one wants to go near them and near them and make them sick. And if and if you're an elderly person on your lo- on your own, and you you know what keeps you going is your family and friends and your social life and 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 things like that. And you've had none of that all year. It's going to be extremely hard. And so that reality is starting to hit people more and more. Um, people are starting to realize that if it keeps going this way, the economy is not going to recover. Um, things will never be the same here. People aren't going to want to invest in in Melbourne, which was been widely known as one of the most beautiful and livable cities in the world <clears throat> and so i'm seeing a lot of uh, i'm seeing a lot of shifts in the last um probably the last week or two um and then uh dictator dan as we call him came out and announced yesterday as i said um that basically the lockdowns are going to continue unless the cases fall below a, a super unachievable number particularly with the the false positives and yeah. so more and more people are here are coming out of that shock coming into lucidity um, and it's it's actually as a result triggering, um, I believe, a bit of a wide scale awakening. People are becoming more aware of topics and more interested in topics that they never were interested in before. Mm-hmm. And I, I can sort of monitor this because I, I'm very involved in that world. Talking, I've been talking about these things for years, connecting with people for years, trying to get my family and friends and the people around me aware of these things. And all of a sudden, everyone's talking about it. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, okay, that's so, that's one positive coming out of this. Exactly. So that's some good. So that's again, we're dealing. We can talk about this later when we go a bit deeper, esoterically speaking. But it's almost a paradox, right? Right. This comfort is the murder of the soul, as Kali Gibran said. And it sounds like, you know, Australians have been lived a comfortable life all these years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on their own continent, island. No wars mm-hmm. really at all, no upheaval, no nothing. Get used to the comfort, but then you also just blindly trust government. You don't get involved, you just whatever. Right. And then mm-hmm. you don't stand up uh, because you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. And then it's easier. You know, then they give you these draconian laws like, hey, if you guys want to stay safe, then you need to listen and, uh, you know, and, and go, stay in, stand in line, basically, or stay in line, basically. Mm-hmm. But if there's more pressure put on, then there's a, there's a shock. The trauma response says it's, no, it's normal, like the disassociation. Like there's a global matrix installment program really in, infused yep. in us. But there's a point when it's like, you break through and, and it comes to the point of like, what the fuck? This is just not ain't right. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned mm-hmm. as well, thankfully, I mean, social media, we have ways to share information. And I want to ask you about this because there was very disturbing. There were some videos by this pregnant woman, for example, that got arrested in her home because she made certain uh, <coughs> Facebook posts. And there were other videos as well. And some people say these were fake, but it seems to be that they, you know, especially with that woman that, that was real, she literally got arrested. Mm-hmm. And that's scary, man. That's like out of a, you know, like a Black Mirror movie. Does the cops come, you know, by because of your bad social credit because you talked mm-hmm. shit about something on social media. So can you share, share um, about those cases a little bit? <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Those those instances really another thing that sent a shock throughout the community because, um in general here, like we, the police, in general, the public have respect for the police um, here. And obviously you've got sort of rogue examples here and there where um, 
uh, you know, sort of lack of the exceptions, but in general, there's there's not any tension between the police and the public. There's a, there's a there's a general level of respect. So for people to sort of see this absolute draconian kind of like approach to enforcing the the laws, um, it's it's been incredible, and um, it's it's also been very different here in Victoria. The the approach of the police compared to around Australia. So for example, on the weekend, there were these um, Freedom Day protests and um, they knew that these were very publicly broadcast that these were going to happen around the world, uh, around Australia. And so the Victorian police launched about a, a three-week campaign to basically put fear and terror in people's minds about going, going to this protest. Um, the Premier came out, threatened that he could, they could impose up to $20,000 fines They've, they've been arresting people, as you said, based on Facebook posts, which is so Orwellian. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I want to um, stop. stop so, just want to, on that note real quick before you continue, sorry to interrupt, but I want the audience, the listeners, viewers to imagine that, really, the insanity. Like you post something on Facebook, like da-da-da-da-da, and next thing you know, yeah. the cops show up. Hey, you post on Facebook, this is against the law. We're going to take you to the police station. I mean, this is just insanity, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely incredible. I think that's why some people thought it was faked because they they yeah. they can't they just can't believe this would be happening. And um, that pregnant woman, for those who haven't seen the video, I mean, it went super viral. But um, you know, she she did a post, and it was it was a post to saying, "Hey, everyone, meet meet here on the weekend. Make sure to bring your mask. Let's practice social distancing. Let's keep this really peaceful and respectful." So, like, you know, she's not inciting violence. He's not inciting anything um, bad. But it was just. Obviously, in the these emergency, they've, they've announced a state of emergency here. Actually, actually, they've announced we're officially declared a state of disaster here. <laughs> so let let that sink. I'm not joking. Wow. We, he's he's declared us a state of disaster, and we're going to be officially declared a state of emergency until next uh, March. So, a state of disaster. That's that's normally the extreme of the extreme. That's normally if like a hurricane comes and takes out city yeah. or if uh, maybe the bushfires we had earlier in the years like something that is a legitimate disaster um but right now we're apparently in a state of disaster it's just absolutely mind-boggling and so what what these what these emergency or disaster powers give the government um is is the power to impose these extreme laws and so technically by the law if we go out and protest right now it's, it's illegal we can be arrested and so what we saw on the weekend is around Australia, people go out and, and from all the reports I heard, the, the police were really respectful. They actually just monitored things. They just made mm -hmm. sure things were, were peaceful. Uh, here in Victoria, they sent out riot squads. They threatened having the army. Um, the riot squads went out and targeted people. They ambushed protesters. Um, they, they were very aggressive. They were arresting old people. Um, and, and obviously this is on top of arresting um, people from their Facebook posts alone. Organizers were arrested. An another on top of the pregnant woman uh, about a week ago, a 76 year old man who was trying to organize a protest was, was his home was raided. They confiscate wow. all the technology, all the phones, everything, everything in the house. I, the guy had to, with the uh, pregnant woman, the guy, the guy had to stop recording because he had to hand his phone over to the police. Oh, um, and so, what we're seeing here is just, it's something like, it's like something off a dystopian movie. I'm not sure if you've seen that movie Equilibrium with um, Christian Bale. It sort of came around yeah. the time of um, 
the matrix. It wasn't as yeah. popular as the matrix, but came around that time. I really recommend people seeing that because it's, um, it's exactly where the world's heading. And right now, Malawin is sort of being used as a blueprint um, to, to test that out, mm-hmm. I believe. And we're seeing sort of like the, the um, yeah, we're seeing the early stages of it right now. And so the more this is, hap- the more this is happening though, the, the tighter they squeeze on us, the more it's, it's sinking into people that this is not about their health. Clearly, this is not about yeah. their health. And um, so that's, as I said before, that's the one sort of like silver lining to this is that in terms of an awakening process, it is helping to catalyze an awakening because, um, and I, I, don't, I don't really see how we can get maybe deeper into this in another, in another little bit, but I, people were so asleep here, so in their comfort zone, so in their routine. Um, it nearly, we nearly needed like something like this to actually yeah, snap these triggers right? they are in. Yeah. Yeah, what, exactly what, what sorry? as I was saying, like even like Gurdjieff talked about, I, I know you're familiar, familiar with his work, you know, shocks are necessary sometimes, you know, yes. to snap you out of awakening and it can, yeah. you know, a shock can also create dissociation trauma, but sometimes mm-hmm. shock is like, fuck, you wake up, yeah. a slap in the face. You cannot just always, Hey, check this out. It's, you know, you need to speak out, but sometimes yeah. you, know, you need to like uh, realize, as Gurdjieff said, the horror of the situation, like, fuck, this is, we need to do something, right? So speaking about yeah. it, like, before we go deeper, um, you know, be- I'm, I'm very interested uh, because it seems to be centralized around or especially affecting Victoria, Melbourne. So Victoria, for mm. people who are not familiar, it's like a state, right? Like California, Arizona. Yeah. Is that correct? Right. But because I've yeah, talked to correct. other people, other friends around uh, Australia from all you know, other places, and they're not as much affected at all. So what is it about Victoria and Melbourne and Dan Andrews? So what is, what is behind the scenes, do you think, why Victoria is targeted like that? <clears throat> yeah, um, it's a really good question. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint exactly why, but, you know, there's obviously have some theories around it. Um, Dan Andrews, our, um, our premier dictator, Dan, um, he seems to be particularly um, in bed with the, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, he seems to be, definitely be um, either blackmailed or willingly going along with the deep state and just he's, he's a puppet who's, who's just playing his role really well. And so I'm not sure if Victoria Melbourne was chosen to um, test out this, this extremely draconian response to this this fake pandemic um, because he was just the most willing puppet or whether there were other reasons as well. Um, I definitely think he's, he is the most willing puppet. Um, but I also think possibly Melbourne was the easier place to try this out because we're the coldest city in the winter. So I think that it's, it's easier to sort of um, engineer the numbers and fake mm-hmm. the numbers because our flu season is generally worse than all the other cities anyway. And so I, I believe that what they've been doing is just basically turning flu into COVID. And, um, yeah. and also Melbourne in general is um, a, a bit of a trendsetter for Australia. Um, so I think sort of what they're doing is just setting the blueprint here that they want to then implement in stages all around Australia and obviously the world if they get their way. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like how they want this technocratic communist 
control system all around the world, this, this global cult or cabal, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, their testing ground for, for a number of decades has been China. They've perfected it, basically perfected it in China, where they've implemented this technocratic communist system. Um, they've implemented the social credit system and they've, it's been the perfect sort of testing ground for them. And now they're trying to tiptoe it around the rest of the world. Um, and I think that's what they're doing here in Australia. They're, they're, they're doing compartmentalizing it here in Victoria. Um, possibly for those reasons I just mentioned, Dan Andrews being the most willing puppet, Melbourne being a trend center, being the coldest winter here. But I think what they're doing here is the blueprint for what they want everywhere else. Yeah. I think if they tried it everywhere at once, I think it would be hard, much harder for them to control the uprising. If you can imagine they did this exact same thing to all the 25 million people at once in Australia, um, <clears throat> I think that it would be much harder for them to sort of um, put, the, put their foot on, on the uprising that would no doubt result. Whereas if they do it in one state, um, they, can, they can sort of allow, the, they can le- allow it to sort of become what they're doing to become normalized for the rest of the country mm-hmm. so that when they start doing it everywhere else, it's like not as not doesn't shock people as much because right. as they, they know that shocks wake people up as well. And so I'm, I'm pretty confident that they, they want to do this in, in a way that um, minimizes the resistance as much as possible. But I all, but I also think that they're overreaching themselves even, even regardless because um, I, I think we can talk about this in a little bit if we want, but I think due to the resistance happening over over in America, that things are being rushed, things that thing they're speeding yeah. things up at a rate quicker than I, I believe they would like to. Because generally, if you study how they've <clears throat> sort of tiptoed this totalitarian control system around the world over the last hundred years, it's been very careful, very gradual, very careful in, to do it in a way that doesn't wake too many people up, keep everyone under their spell. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam. And so part of me, part of me thinks that that's a little bit more out of desperation than it is yeah. um, a good strategy for them. So they're taking a lot mm-hmm. more risks. Um, but yeah, they're, they're my theories around, around Victoria. Um, and, um, but at the moment, it's, it's until more sort of evidence comes out, it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to say the exact reasons why. Yeah. Now on that note, uh, going a bit deeper now, uh, because there's one thing what happens, what we see on the world stage with isolated countries, we see all oh, this happening in Australia, New Zealand, we think this is just, you know, everybody's in their own things. But behind the scenes, everything is more connected. And it reminded me of something as well, what's happening in Australia, especially in New Zealand, which I also was first surprised until doing deeper research. And I know you've got deep into, into Q as well, and especially his raw data and, and all the drops he put out or they put out. We get, can get into that as well more. But he talked also about, um, I think it was called Five Eyes. You know, have mm. you heard about that? You know, this yes. kind of intelligence yep. connection behind the scenes or network, which includes five countries that are yep. in, like connected like a web. And it is the US, yep. Canada, UK, Australia, and New Zealand. So mm-hmm. all of these kind of like, and those are the countries where all this, the lockdown is, or the, the socialist Marxist yep. agenda is, is targeted. And I think it fits your theory as well that they're using it a, as testing ground and as a foundation to mm. implement their, you know, socialist new world order. Yeah. And, and the other thing also I forgot to add um, about uh, Victoria is we're more a, like a leftist sort of state. So mm-hmm. sort of similar to say California. California. We've yeah. sort of, we've been edging that way 
um, definitely over the last 10 to 15 years where, where the, that lefty mindset has really infiltrated our universities. Um, it's infiltrated our, our culture to a degree. Um, the, the governments have become much more left-leaning. So we've, we've become more like, uh, you know, probably like California or New York, those sort of left yeah. left to states over in America. And also our, our modeling, one thing I've, I've researched over the last week, our lockdown modeling is based on the... Uh, uh, the Doherty Institute here in uh, in in Melbourne, which is like a a medical research institution, and their I believe one of their major funders or influences are the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So no, once again, surprise, surprise, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they've got and they've got um they've got I believe they've got connections with Gavi and um uh the the World Health Organization is very influential there. So. Once again, you, you you can tie things back to Bill Gates, who, who's kind of like yeah. he's he's sort of become like this octopus at the center with his <laughs> tentacles everywhere. The power the power and influence he's yeah. he's developed is just immense. But yeah, I've heard about that Five Eyes thing. I, I probably don't haven't researched it as deeply. I know America's involved, but I think obviously with what Donald Trump is doing, it's um, not having um, as strong an effect. Yeah, I mean that's that's still a lot of people try to you know that's the trigger topic in itself. Trump is actually you know in the way of what they are trying to achieve on many levels. Yeah, again, doesn't mean this this, this guy is perfect and whatnot, but you know, as as the saying goes, or the popular saying in 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 the scene, they uh, didn't expect for her to lose. Talking about Hillary Clinton and the sixteen yeah. year plan to destroy America, and within you know. Because if America is destroyed, it's easier to uh, put in the, the the new world order, basically the socialist yeah. Marxist. And I also want to mention because you say uh, um, uh, Australia being left leaning, like California, and we're not just talking about like traditional left, like liberal. We're talking about literally Marxist yeah. communist beliefs that have been infiltrated, yeah. infused the culture, the education system. So this is you know far left has become like regular left. Right, and it's being yeah. normalized. Pathology is literally being normalized. That's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not that um, not that traditional left. I think the left the left has definitely been hijacked by this this Marxist sort of communist socialist um, agenda, and um, <clears throat> you know, as as you see it over there, it's um, they basically want to destroy everything that um, sort of all the values, all the, all the morals that have sort of connect that, that have sort of made countries, um, what they are and everything from, um, you know, destroying the sort of like family unit, um, mm. destroying sort of people's connections with each other. And, um, and also obviously using, using minority groups, like sort of, um, sort of hiding behind the guise of standing up for minority groups to impose these draconian measures on everyone yeah. else. So it's sort of like they, they, claim to be anti-fascist but they impose these sort of fascist draconian kind of rules on everyone else because if you if you say that if you act like that if we do this and you're going to offend this group over here yeah. but it's it's just it's just a way of sort of controlling everyone else yeah the shaming i mean antifa is, is the the <laughs> very far from being anti-fascist with their you know agenda yeah. and whatnot and ties into soros and and all of these even blm all these things they have been hijacked as well you know, it's controlled opposition and whatnot and, and sponsored by the people. And a lot of these people who support these seemingly virtual, positive, whatever, <laughs> you know, minority supporting organizations, you know, they have been 
hoodwinked as well, like like useful idiots being used in the sense. I mean, that's as we know, that's how the matrix works. But he also made a very important point, like with they are not really smart the way they go about. It's almost too becoming too obvious. And like mm-hmm. you mentioned correctly, uh, that also confirms my insight and research. They're becoming very desperate and they're panicking. Mm-hmm. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is because they already have lost control. And they're trying to mm-hmm. regain control because, you know, if they wouldn't have lost the control, they wouldn't have the need to do all of that, what they're doing now. So mm-hmm. they are panicking, you know, and like a true psychopath, you know, the Achilles heel of a psychopath or like a 40 SDS forces, which we can talk about as well from a hyperdimensional perspective, the Achilles heel is wishful thinking, right? So they cannot like admit defeat or whatever. It's like a, a wild Arabian dog, you know what I mean? Who will just fight until they're dead, even if it's, or they already lost the game. So yep. that's these futile attempts. You see it even US with Biden and Harris and like, it's just insane. Like, you know, it's just, doesn't even make sense anymore to support that, right? Yep. So they are definitely panicking. There's something happening behind, there's a lot of happening we don't know behind the scenes in all of that, right? But before we go a bit deeper, like I want you to maybe share for especially our, our Australian audience, audience, like you mentioned before, what, what can Australians do right now? What, what would you suggest on the practical level to spread information, to get more out there and, and, and you know, help, help each other, basically? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. And, and just on the point you just made then, I think one of the positives about what's happening right now in, in out of their desperation, how they're trying to tighten their, tighten their grips of control over everyone, what it's done is it's brought the main players of this agenda out into the open. So typically they've they've thrived off operating the shadows whilst whilst society, the people in society are mechanically going around under under the spell they've been put on, put under um, by their culture. Meanwhile, these these deep state players are, are engineering events from the shadows and and getting away with it because only a few can see it, and it's so difficult to wake everyone up when everyone's just sort of stuck in their mechanical kind of like flow. Um, what this has done has brought those players, brought those ones who are, are, are controlled, bribed, or blackmailed, or willing participants out into the spotlight. Um, so in here, we've got Dan Andrews. Everyone can see his true nature now. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates, who used to hide behind his philanthropic, or however you say that word, <laughs> um, that kind of like that kind of uh, facade as a, as a philanthropist, people are starting to see what he, what his true nature is. And, and there's so many examples. I know over in America, more and more of those deep state puppets, people are, people are being able to see who they are. And at the same time, Normally, when you even if they were out in the open, normally people are so distracted by their lives, um, just by going about their everyday lives and trying to make a living and and um, all the all the sort of things that you know people do on a day to day basis. They don't have the time or energy yeah. um, to research these things, and then you chuck on top of that the fluoride in the water and eating crappy diets and and which which obviously lower their vitality in um, anyway. So it's hard to get people to sit and look at these things. Whereas at the moment, not only have these players come out of the shadows and the spotlights on them for everyone to see, but people have all this time now to actually look into this stuff. Mm -hmm. People are at home. They don't have work distracting them. They don't have all these things distracting them. Um, And so there's less and less excuses for people to actually look into this stuff. Obviously, there's still going to be people who spend all their time on Netflix or, you know, the alcohol stores are still open. So (laughs) people can still drink them, you know, use their normal buffers to kind of like numb themselves and not not feel or explore these things. But more and more people 
are, are doing that. And that's where, to go back to your question, um, that's where more than ever before, it's so important to connect with each other and to support each other through this because what people are going through is this awakening process, which for a lot of people is really scary. You come out of that shock phase and you start coming into lucidity about what's going on and then it, and then that can be replaced by, holy shit, this is real. That's, that's fucking scary. And so I've noticed more and more people right now are looking to connect and that's why they're trying to uh, stop that connection. That's why they're trying to make us socially distanced, not allowed to go to each other's houses, trying to censor on the internet, trying to separate us, trying to um, anyone who speaks out, they're trying to shame them in the media and turn everyone against each other. So we really need to combat that. We really need to reach out to our, our family and friends and, and um, uh, just, you know, if the things need to be healed, um, you know, put, put things in the past and really, really work on connecting and supporting each other through this process. Because if we can work our way through this and get enough people on the same page, it really could be the foundation for a beautiful um, awakening and a beautiful sort of new level of consciousness to, to be birthed from this. And I'm, I'm really seeing, cause I'm so involved in, in things going on here and heavily involved in social media and, and things like that. I'm, I'm seeing that real craving for connection with people and, um, you know, whether it be creating groups or like you've done getting, getting together on the forums, your, your forum has been absolutely amazing for that people from all around the world connecting and, and sharing their fears, sharing their vulnerabilities, sharing their research and insights. And you get those new points of reference that, that can really, really help you. Um, so for me, that's, that's what I'm trying to do now as someone who's, who's done, who, who woke up a, a bit earlier than others, who who've, has put a fair bit of time into um, doing that self-work and preparing for this. What's going on now isn't, isn't such a shock for me. So I'm trying to be that anchor, that grounded kind of like, um, influence for people around to sort of offer that support, offer that hope. Um, but all, and, you know, I encourage people to do that with others as well as, you know, sharing, sharing research. When you come across incredible resources, let's, let's share it around mm-hmm. we've got to overcome that fear of judgment, that fear of being censored and that fear of, um, being called a conspiracy theorist or, or whatnot. Um, because there's a lot of people out there craving this stuff and, you know, we just need to push them in in the right uh, direction. And there's a lot of incredible resources going around. I, I heard yesterday that that I was listening to an interview with that um, producer of um, Plandemic, uh, Mickey who, um, Willis. Yeah, Mickey Willis, who, yeah, uh, yeah. No. I'm sure you're thinking of getting him on your show. Maybe he would be, uh, he would be a great guest. Yeah. Um, he he estimates that Plandemic One has um, has had over a billion views. So, which is, oh. which is incredible. And, and probably pandemic two is probably, you know, in the hundreds of millions or, or whatever as well. And so the information is out there. And the other thing is also going back to what the foundation of your work has been, which has been shadow self-work and shadow work. This is, this is an incredible time to um, do some inner clearing and inner, inner work on ourselves because we don't have those distractions. We don't have to get up and, and go grind ourselves in the nine to five every day at the moment. Yeah. Let's make the most of this opportunity. Let's not numb ourselves. Let's not distract ourselves. Let's, let's find ways to sit with what we're feeling, get into the body, understand how to ground and transmute those energies. And we, it's a real, that, that can be a really valuable um, thing for shadow work so that we can anchor those higher energies. Um, 
And just obviously what we can do for other people with that is just to support them in that process. The more people feel safe and supported, the more they're going to sit with and confront how they're feeling um, because, you know, jumping onto that sort of esoteric kind of um, way of looking at this, what, as, as you talk about in your work, what's happening here is um, higher energies are trying to anchor themselves in humanity now. And so we need more and more people doing the work to embody those energies, anchor them here and, and bring light into this system that's been controlled by darkness for far too long. And these, yeah. these dark forces understand this is happening, which is why they're trying pulling out every, every stop in their book to try and stop this, this process that's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's not only just happening with the, well, I believe the patriotic resistance sort of cent- centered in America um, which which is obviously sending them into this sort of state of desperation, but it's this this bigger process going on as well. I think there is a natural natural kind of evolution happening here in humanity and on planet Earth that these darker forces are trying to stop. But ironically, in their efforts to try and stop it, I believe they're actually catalyzing it and actually exactly. helping it move faster. Exactly. So, Anyway, that no. was a that was a bit of a long answer, but no, no, no. Thank you. That was very well said. Thank <laughs> you, Matthew. But you hit on some points. I want to I want to comment as well. Number one, um, about uh, shadow work. Like everything needs needs to come out of the shadows because when we also mm. know the inner work, it is about confronting the dark within and like not avoiding. You know, like we all have gone through our addictions. Like you have your sleeping pills, avoiding what you actually were holding in, all the quote unquote stuff we don't like in ourselves you know we push away until we make the darkness conscious as as Carl Jung would say so the inner work can bring up all these uncomfortable feelings they need to process and fail to release so we can anchor the higher energies but with all the stuff that's coming out in the world so it's also collectively in the external world the dark needs to come out the shadows it needs to be exposed and people you, you made a really good point and that's also actually kind of like Hugh's agenda so to speak that you know, people need to see for themselves, as he always said, that it needs to come out so yep. they can expose the dark forces, yep. the dark, the, the bad actors, the players and all of that. So people can see for themselves because mm-hmm. it's not about, there's so much many misconception about Q and Trump. We can talk about in the second hour, this whole savior stuff that they're going to save the world. No, it's up to us, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why when everything exposed, we see it now, we need to come together and stand up. And that's the whole yep. point of making the darkness conscious. And we need to get together, as you said, support each other, share information. And there's the silent majority much, you know, it's becoming louder and louder, you know. So mm-hmm. it, I feel more and more that, you know, it goes also way beyond politics, boy, beyond bipartisan, right? It's just about humanity to wake up, right, to to these higher values and, and engage in the work. Because, as you said, there's a birthing, birthing process happening mm-hmm. from the higher picture perspective. And it's also interesting what you said that, you know, people like you or myself included, you know, we might be not that shocked because, like, even from my perspective, you know, what I see now happening, I'm like, okay, guys, I've been talking about this for 20 years now. It's fine. <laughs> now it's happening. Like, I'm like, part of me is like, yes, that's awesome. I'm kind of excited, you know, despite yeah. the craziness. I mean, there's there's like some... You know, I can, you know, I can relate it to when I was a little child, when there's a thunderstorm coming, you know, I get excited, but it's Mm kind of, it's kind of dark, but exciting at the same time, you know, it's kind of that feeling, that warrior attitude that we need to ride the wave. And then we also, we all have our mission, like you, you know, get activated, we need to be in service and help others and help each other with information and uh, understanding it from the different levels, not to get caught up in the, in the 3D as well, right. Mm -hmm. But understanding the bigger picture which I definitely want to get more into the, the second hour. 
But uh, before we finish up the first hour, because you know it's all about helping people to become aware of what's uh, what's happening on all levels, and you know that ties I think beautifully into the book you wrote, "Free Range Humans." I love the title, mm -hmm. by the way, <laughs> "Exposing <laughs> the Matrix Control System and Awakening the True Self." Because, like in your title, you know you alluded to, similar to my work, it is about both understanding the world mm -hmm. within, but not blaming, externalizing, but doing the inner work. So. Can you tell our listeners and viewers what, what your book is about and where, where they can get it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the book basically was just me journaling down. It started off with just me sort of journaling about my journey because, I mean, the awakening process I was going through mixed with going to your retreat, which <clears throat> your retreat was a real turning point for me, um, a real catalyst of sort of discovering that esoteric path and um And just, you know, learning about shadow work and learning about embodiment, which were um, just incredibly transformative for me. And so when you, when you sort of these, all these new insights are coming to you, um, for me, writing it down really helps to kind of organize things and help process what I'm going through. And at some point I was writing articles and blogs on, for my website. And then at some point I just thought, oh, I just got this inner feeling this, this could actually, I think I'm seeing a book starting to take shape here. And so I thought I'd just start exploring that and seeing if I could put it together and seeing if synchronicities or the universe would sort of support me and, and give me the nudges that I was on the right path. And it kept giving me the nudges. So I just kept going with it and, and I'm eventually, um, yeah, released the book earlier this year. And, um, I was, I was really, really sort of pleased with how it turned out and especially the timing of it. Um, yeah. just when people, um, sort of, you know, when this all started happening, I was able to offer a resource to help sort of like support people and inform people about what I, I believe is going on. But in a nutshell, yeah, the, the title Free Range Humans kind of like really sort of um, embodies what the book is about. As I started waking up, we could probably maybe explore this more in the second half. Um, I, I really started to realize that humanity or earth in so many ways has been turned into a farm where we're not only being quite literally farmed, um, by these, you know, what's coming out more and more, you know, with the child trafficking and there's, there's also like, um, you know, the adrenochrome and um, mm. pedophilia networks. Um, and there's also organ harvesting and things like crazy, crazy disturbing things go on where, where humans are literally treated um, within these very, or actually highly organized systems within these elite circles as like very similar to how we actually treat cattle, sort of like yeah. commodities, resources, there's things to be used and exploited mm -hmm. for however they want. Um, and then when you go more into the hyperdimensional aspect, I realize we're also actually being farmed for our, our spiritual energies, our life force energy. And the earth, this, this what I perceive as this beautiful planet, this garden paradise has been kind of like converted into this, for many thousands of years into the sort of living hell for humanity. And these, these, these people and these beings that do control us, I, I sort of see them as perceiving themselves as our owners and possibly they were our creators in some way. There's, there's a lot of evidence that we were genetically created or genetically modified a long time ago. And so they see, I think they see us as their property. And so when I, I sort of look at how a farmer treats his cattle or treats his chickens or something like that he might he might have like love or respect for them or whatever but really they're his products and yeah. he's farming them for a purpose to use them to sell them to use them as a food to use them as a product 
And so he, if, if he wants to market them as free range animals, he'll give them certain conditions that make them healthier and happier. And it gives these animals, gives the cows roaming in their paddocks, this illusion of freedom. Um, but because they've been born into this paddock, they don't realize that they're actually in a captivity. What they see is their, their world, what they see is their freedom to roam around in the sun and socialize and eat grass, whatever is actually a captivity that's, um, controlled by someone and then there is an agenda for them one day yeah. they go into the abattoir <laughs> exactly kind of so reminds you that's I, basically I, also what you just shared is a uh, um, good tale of the evil magician right yes exactly. yes yeah, yeah that's a really that's a really good one <laughs> recommend people reading that um and so there's so many similarities between how we kind of use and exploit free-range animals to how we are where we're grown we're, we're born into these countries and we're given this sense of this illusion of freedom um but within these kind of like the animals captivity within these very controlled parameters very very tightly controlled regulations laws rules and we're so used to that that we just we think oh that's just the way life is because um, yeah. we're born into it um our, our family are born into it everyone's just it's just normalized and so we don't question it. We don't realize that we're actually treated like free range animals. We're allowed to roam around free, but within a, within certain yeah. parameters and certain regulations. And I view that what happens with humans from birth is a, I perceive it as a domestication process that we, our, our natural embodied energies, our wild kind of like energies that make we who make us who we are attained and they're kind of neutered. And that, that starts within just in the culture we're raised in, in our family. And it's, it also, start, obviously, the education system, the media, all these institutions play a key role. They're, they're designed and set up to domesticate us and program us into our native farm so that we can sort of be used and exploited by these, by these sort of um, these kind of like societies that operate from the shadows. So my book, my book is about... Um, basically breaking that down to a very, very minute level and taking the reader on a journey where um, helping them understand how our native farms um, actually program us from birth because through that awareness, we can then understand what's been done to us, understand our programming, understand our conditioning, increase that self-awareness and then start to put in the work to actually peel that back layer by layer and start discovering who we truly are within. And that, as you know, um, that, that sort of shadow work that allows us to clear that stuff from within and, and allow our higher energies to anchor in and our true self to start to blossom from that. And so the book is really about exploring all the ways where we're programmed and turned into free range humans and then exploring all the ways we can reverse that and then also tying it into the occult hidden forces, um, the alien agenda, and also tying it into the bigger sort of evolution of, of consciousness here. So it's a, it was a pretty big project that I, I embarked on, but I was um, somehow condensed it down into 90 words, uh, 90,000 words, <laughs> um, 90 words. And uh, so, yeah, nice. I, was, I was quite proud of it and, and been getting pretty good feedback. And I've also realized from it that there's a lot less people read these days. That's what I've, that's what I've learned from publishing a book. People are so accustomed to audiobooks and podcasts yeah. and all that sort of thing. So I'm also, um, I'm about a month away from releasing the uh, audiobook version as yeah. well. So, but still, like that's something to that. be said. Thank, thank you, uh, Matthew. Uh, there's something about the attention, short attention span epidemic, which I also feel is a matrix yes. program. 
with the overflow, everybody just Twitter, like, I don't know how many character they can read, you know, even on yep. Facebook, I write more than two paragraphs and people are like, this is too long. To yeah. this. They call it an article. I call it a fucking this ups, yep. update. So <laughs> there's something to be said. I mean, there's an esoteric law, like yeah. you, you have to put effort into it. You, the truth, yep. you, people want the truth on the, on the, on the platter, on a silver spoon, right? Without any effort. Yep. No, you get only yep. out of life, you know, anything you get as much out of it as you put into it. Yeah. Right? So, you know, that's, so that's, that's beautiful. Um, amazing. I, I already just think of like everybody in Australia should read this book right now for sure <laughs> to get them a kickstart. And yeah, before we end up, uh, where can people reach you, uh, your website and where can people get the book? Yeah. So, um, my website is seedsofawareness.com.au. Um, so all the all the purchasing options are on there along with all my articles and all my videos and all those sort of things. Um, for people in America and around the world, you can generally find it in, on Amazon. Um, people in Australia, uh, you for some reason, Amazon don't, don't ship here. Uh, they don't do print on demand here. So I've got, there's a company called Lulu that I use. It's a print on demand service. So but people can find that through the website. Um, so yeah, seedsofawareness.com.au. Beautiful. I'll, I'll post it in the, in the link as well, in the, in the write-up info. Thank you so much, uh, Matthew. So in the second hour, I definitely want to go deeper into some of the topics you just mentioned. We want to look yep. more and dive, take a deep dive. We talked about you know the 3D matrix a little bit of current events, but let's see it how it looks from an occult, esoteric perspective. Mm -hmm. And also let's dive a bit deeper into QAnon and Trump and uh, see that also from a bigger picture perspective, not just Q yep. perspective, you know what I mean? Because people seem to have very black and white views about mm -hmm. this whole thing. And I, I know your view is also more nuanced. So let's dive into that. Again, the second hour is for members of my website. If you're not a member already, you can sign up at veilofreality.com. They will give you access to all the second hours of all podcasts and also access to the membership forum, which you've been a part of since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And beautiful. Thank you so much, Matthew. And we'll be right back. <laughs>